0: Hello my lovely listeners, I'm Dr. Mary Parson. and I'm Dr. Lucy Burns. Welcome to this episode of Real with Health and Weight weights. Loss. Good morning lovely listeners, it's Dr. Lucy here this morning and I don't have Dr. Mary with me but I have a very special guest. This beautiful woman I met as part of our business coaching. So You will remember that Mary and I often talk about the fact that we didn't know anything about business when we started. So we needed to get some expert help and I guess surround ourselves with other women on the same journey, much like many of you when you're losing weight. So we met this beautiful woman in our little coaching circle. So I am so excited to because I think she's going to have some absolute gems for you. And I would like to welcome to the podcast, Michelle, who has a business, which is such a wonderful name called The Mindset Corner. So welcome to the podcast, Michelle.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here.
0: I know. It's so good. And I just I just love, like I I speak a bit about this, but I just love the idea that women who are in business, the stories that are in their head are very similar to the stories that many of us will have on, on a health and weight loss journey. So understanding your mind is so important. And that's your genius zone. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and how you developed your skills in this area?
1: I would love to. Thank you. It's a very nice introduction. <laughs> I, um, I started this particular journey about a year ago. I started looking into doing coaching as a way of improving my own mindset and being able to coach employees around me. So my background is as a corporate manager in a fairly big organization. I've been with them for 10 years and was in a different corporate organization for 10 years before that. So I've had a few forays into business as well during that time. Um, my husband and I bought an aquarium business about five years ago, which was a very unusual move for us because we knew nothing <laughs> about aquariums. And we really- got a niche set- too. Yeah. Yeah. I think we always knew we wanted to be in business. And so this opportunity came up and we thought about the risks and what the reward was. And we decided to back ourselves to do something completely different and really challenge ourselves. And you'll see that as a bit of a theme through this discussion that I love a good challenge. So then we decided to buy a salon business, which we also knew nothing about salons or hairdressing or beauty therapy But we really backed ourselves that we know about people, we love coaching people, and we knew we could get these employees to see our vision and help them to understand more about business and about how to build business and customer loyalty and things like that, which are consistent across all businesses. And so that's been running for about three years. So I'm pretty busy. I'm running my full-time corporate job. I run the administration of the aquarium business, and then I run the salon business and the staff that are there. And then I have two kids that are under six. And in my spare time, I started this coaching business because of my absolute love for wanting to help other women and other mums to be able to manage their time like I do. And I want to share my secrets and help other people to be able to, yeah, just achieve more than what they think they can.
0: Wow. That's like I'm sitting here blown away because listening to your enormous list of things that you juggle... And you seem to do it without fluster and frenzy. And one of the things that just jumped out at me then is you're absolutely right. So for many people who who are on their health and weight loss journey, one of the things that they will that they find is a roadblock is time. They'll go, I just ran out of time. I ran out of time to do the shopping or I ran out of time to make the dinner. And so, you know, we just got takeaway. So I'm thrilled to be listening to some of your secrets and, and may well be taking my own little notes here. So, yeah, tell us tell us more, Michelle.
1: Yeah, I think the first thing is becoming aware of what you're doing with your time now. Like so many people have that story going on in their head, like you said, oh, I just don't have enough time. And if you really investigate that for yourself and pay attention to what you're doing during the day or even like track in a little notebook what you're doing every half an hour, every hour of a couple of days, and just see, oh wow, this is what I'm doing with my time. And maybe it's not getting me towards my goals. Maybe I'm spending lots of time on social media, for example, and that makes me feel like I have no time, but maybe I'm just not using it strategically. I guess it's a bit like when you keep a food diary, when you're trying to make a change with what you're eating, creating that awareness can help you make a change. And so if you track what you're actually doing with your time, that's a great first step to be able to make a change with it.
0: Absolutely. I love what you mentioned there, the story. The story in our head is that, yeah, I haven't got any time, but it's when you do a time audit, you go, oh, yeah, I do I do waste time and in sometimes we will, we will think that we're resting, but we're not really. We're not making good rest. But interestingly, and I don't know if you come across this, there will be, for some people, their first thing is, oh, I don't want to do that. Like there's resistance. What, what do you think that's all about? Mm, that's
1: a great question. It's good to interrogate what's going on for you in that situation. So, if you're feeling like this isn't right for me, or I'm not ready, or anything that's kind of stopping you from starting, ask yourself some questions. Like, what's going on for me here? Why am I feeling this way? Where you're probably scared about something. And just pay attention to the language that you're using in that situation and really decide like, is what I'm saying to myself true? Or is this just something that my brain's presenting me with to try and keep me safe, try and keep me from taking a risk or doing something out of my comfort zone? Because our brain is spending all this time trying to protect us. It's like this ancient part of our brain that's like, oh, you know, we don't want to go outside of our community or outside of what I know because I might get eaten by a tiger. And that's not really useful for us right now because there's not that many tigers roaming around my house. But, you know, it does serve a purpose and we, we need that part of our brain to keep us safe in some situations. But we don't want to be triggered every time we try and do something new and different and go outside that little circle. So being aware of like, oh, I'm feeling this feeling that must mean I'm right on the edge of my comfort zone. I'm, I'm in this space right now where I'm uncomfortable. But, like, for me, I've learned over time that I love that space. That space says to me, we're about to learn something cool here. We're going to do something different. We're going to achieve something we've never achieved before. Because if, if you stay in the same place, you only really get the same results. So if you can push outside of that feeling and push outside of the zone, That's where all of the cool stuff is, where you can really make a change and make a difference in your business, in your life, with your weight, whatever it is that you're trying to do that's different than what you were doing before.
0: Absolutely. And uh, sometimes we use this phrase where if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. And uh, if what you've been doing in whatever part of your life isn't working for you, you'll need to make changes. And sometimes change is scary. Mm.
1: And it's good that it's scary because sometimes we do need to, you know, be aware of why we're making those changes and whether they are good for us. Because sometimes things come up that you can think, oh, no, that's actually not for me. And that's a great decision. But mm. being aware of like what your goals are. So, for example, if you're trying to make a change, how much do you want that change? And how much do you want to feel comfortable? And really deciding, like, well, I want the change more than I want to feel comfortable, so I'm going to go for it? Or what would I need to do to make it okay to make the change? What would I need to do that didn't feel so uncomfortable and think about that for you?
0: Yeah, yeah. So you're breaking it down a little bit. Instead of making it a big leap, you make small steps to get to that same spot.
1: Yeah. I think (laughs) something that I encourage my clients to do is to, once they've done that kind of time audit and become aware of how they're using their time now, to really reflect on what their goals are, what they want out of their life, and is that reflected in their calendar? Like are you purposefully setting aside time and planning things that are actually going to get you towards your goals or are you just travelling along on autopilot letting life happen to you, which Mm -hmm. if you're not unhappy is fine, but if you feel like you want something to be different, then you're going to need to make some conscious changes and take some steps towards the place where you want to be. So one of the things I get my clients to do is to create this ideal week plan. And Mm -hmm. what that means is you think about what's important to you and then you schedule your week with that in mind. So for me, I always say, you know, my kids and my family is really important to me. But when I first started this journey, I would look at my calendar and there wasn't really anything in there (laughs) to do with my kids (laughs) or my family. I was like, oh, that, that might be why I'm not feeling like I'm achieving in that area. So in my first version of my plan, I had specific times in there where I would have, you know, quality time with my kids or where I had a date night with my husband every Thursday, because I knew if I booked it with myself in my calendar, that then it would happen and I would over time achieve the goal of spending more time with my family. And if I'm on a bit of a my own health journey this year and (laughs) I have been trying to exercise more often. And so I actually set aside time every day where that's going to happen. So It's not just, oh, if I have time, I'll go for a walk because we all know how that ends (laughs) up with all the other priorities in the day. I'm saying this is the most important thing to me right now, so I'm going to make this a priority and do this at 7 o'clock in the morning. But it's about thinking what will work for you. You know yourself really well and, you know, how to set yourself up to succeed is to investigate, you know, what works for me today, reflect on it. Oh, that didn't go well next week. Let's try 8 o'clock. And kind of over a few weeks, just really refining that ideal plan so that you know if you do that every week, you will meet your goals. And it just reduces your mental load so you're not constantly worrying, am I spending enough time doing this? Am I spending enough time doing that? You know, do I have quality time with my kids? You know, yes, that's in every week and I'm doing it. Or I have coffee with a friend every week in this time block. And then you get to get excited about which friend you're going to choose this week to put in there. And you're going to meet your goal of spending more time with your friends.
0: That's so wonderful. And I love that sentence that you said there, that you know yourself well. And interestingly, I suspect some people are still getting to know themselves. And being aware, which I think was what you mentioned too at the start, aware of the stories in your head, is part of coming to know yourself. Because sometimes our brain doesn't tell us the truth and it'll come up with reasonable stories that sound believable and they'll be serving a purpose of some sort, but they're not actually true. So, you know, like everything, I think, you know, for us, we always say weight loss is a personal development journey. It's not just a meal plan. Meal plan's one of the tools, but if you're relying solely on that, you, you're you not going to get to where you want to go. Okay, so we're going to do a time audit and become really clear then on where we're spending our time and perhaps where we're wasting our time and then what happens
1: so then we develop our ideal week plan so what I would encourage you to do is to if you're good with an electronic diary that's great because you can put recurring appointments in so you only Mm -hmm. have to do this once you plan out your week and then you put it on a recurring schedule and then as things come up in your life you can put them in the blocks that you've allocated for that task or similar tasks so For example, one of the things that I struggle with is like home administration, because I obviously have a lot of things going on. And, you know, sometimes things like school photos or paying council rates, all those like things that are just coming in randomly, sometimes get forgotten. And so Mm. what I implemented was this block in my ideal week at 7pm on a Monday is my home admin block. And so whenever things come up during the week, I just move them into that block. That's when I need to decide on the school photos. That's when I need to pay this bill that came in. And it's so much more efficient to work on similar tasks together. So like as a business owner, you want to be spending, you know, quality time focused on business and then quality time focused on your personal stuff. Whereas trying to switch between activities all the time can make you quite unproductive and kind of flighty. (laughs) If you can focus on one activity, I've got my credit card out. I've got my wallet out, I'm paying all my bills in one go. I'm not, you know, every day going, oh, I got one more bill, I'll go get my wallet, I'll go pay that. Or all week thinking, I must pay that bill, must pay that bill, must pay that bill. And the mental space that it takes up of constantly having to think about remembering to do something could be better used in dealing with other things or being more present in the moment and, like, knowing what the right decisions are to make because I'm totally focused on the current thing I don't have 27 things floating around in my head that need my attention later
0: (laughs) absolutely yeah
1: I think having that plan makes a big difference
0: yeah totally I think you're right with decision fatigue you know we've all done it where you stand in your wardrobe in the morning you go what am I going to wear and there's like you know however many outfits you've got in there and you can't you know, like none of them sort of appeal and they, you just go, oh, I don't know, and you spend 10 minutes trying to decide. And the same with your food, you'll open up your cupboard. What are we going to have for dinner? I can't believe we all have to eat again. This is ridiculous. And it's because every single time you, you have to make a decision, it's another little just bit of energy that is taken out of your battery.
1: It's true. I think um, the good thing about having that plan up front is you're not deciding every single week. You already mm-hmm. decided once and now you can do other things or you can just use all of your bandwidth to respond to what's happening right now rather than every week thinking like, oh, okay, when am I going to pay this bill? <laughs> okay, when yeah. am I going to for my business? Okay, when am I going to have a date night this week? If you have all those things planned in, you can kind of relax a little bit and that helps you to make better decisions because when you're in that like fight or flight responsive mode, you have this tunnel vision where you're only focusing on exactly what's in front of you or you're making quick reactive decisions to what's happening around you and those decisions don't tend to be aligned with your big picture goals they tend to be to relieve some pain right now or get some pleasure right now but not getting you to where you want to go in the long term
0: absolutely and it's so interesting because one of the things that is, um, you know, as you're talking, my brain's going a million miles an hour and thinking, yeah, magical time. I've just got this idea that time, you can just create more and you, you actually, obviously you can't, <laughs> but we think of it as an infinite resource sometimes and then wonder why we run out of it.
1: Yeah, I think it's really an epiphany for a lot of people to actually think about that you can be the boss of your own time. It's not that, everyone else has these priorities and then you have to kind of respond and decide what to do with it you are the boss if someone calls you you can decide if you want to answer your phone or not if someone messages you on facebook you can decide do i want these notifications or not if you're on autopilot all of those things are just influencing you every second of the day but if you decide up front this is my plan this is how i want my day to go on the one hand you are more likely to achieve the right outcomes And on the other hand, your brain goes to work all day trying to find the answers to what you've set out to do. So you're more likely, again, to achieve the right outcome because you're focused on your goal, the big goal, instead of all of the things coming at you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you're not so reactive. And we certainly know for, you know, lots of women, they're juggling big loads. They're carers. They've got, you know, they're caring for their family, their kids, their parents, their husband, their partner, as well as sometimes working part to full-time, as well as running a house, all of which, all of those could easily be a full-time job in their own right. And um, yeah, competing demands is hard to deal with in the moment if you haven't been clear on what you want to do in advance.
1: Yeah, even, you can even think about how you want to respond to things in advance. I used to think about this when I was on a weight loss journey after I had my first baby. And I would plan when I was going to go to a function, how I was going to deal with the fact that there might be chocolate cake or something. And I would say to myself in advance, okay, if there's chocolate cake, I'm going to eat this other thing instead, or I'm going to go get a glass of water and kind of plan my reaction in advance. So when I was in the situation, I wasn't relying on willpower. I'd already decided what my plan was. And the same thing can happen with your week. So, if you go in with a plan of how you're going to respond to people, for example, when my mum calls, I'm not going to answer in the moment. <laughs> I'm going to call her when it's convenient for me. Sorry, mum. <laughs> and, you know, if my boss wants something from me at work, I'm going to decide how that fits in the plan I already have and be conscious about how important that is rather than just responding automatically and maybe it isn't the most important thing on your plate, but just because your boss said so, you sort of assign this extra accountability, extra responsibility to that item. So coming up with what your boundaries are in advance can be really helpful. What are you going to say no to? What are you going to say yes to? And then, yep. yeah, you're not relying on willpower because I heard something the other day, it might have even been on your podcast, <laughs> that, will, <laughs> that willpower is uh, it's you against you which is a really unfair fight because your brain is just as capable of telling you one thing as it is of telling you the other thing.
0: It wasn't on our podcast, but that is gold. That is absolute gold. And it's interesting, we we talk a lot about willpower as, you know, it, it doesn't even exist. For a lot of it, it is just patterns and rubbery boundaries. And, you know, I will use the example of, you know, if you're walking down the supermarket the majority of people don't crack open a packet of Tim Tams when they're walking down the aisle. They might look at it, they might decide whether they're going to put it in their basket, but they don't actually scoff it there. They don't stand there scoffing it. But it's like when once the Tim Tams come home into the house, they take on some magical quality that makes them irresistible to people. And the thing to remind yourself is that the Tim Tams are the same, whether they're in your cupboard or on the shelf, they haven't actually changed. The thing that's changed is your thoughts about them. And you can decide at any stage how you want to react to that packet of Tim Tams and recognising that, for example, the reason that the Tim Tams seem easy to resist in the supermarket is because that's how you've been conditioned. That's how you've been trained. Most people don't. Every time they go into the supermarket, start eating all the food in there. And so it's a pattern in our brain. Whereas, And so it's easy. Whereas the ones at home, the pattern might be that you eat them at home. So therefore, changing the pattern is actually the thing that people think is the willpower.
1: Mm. Yeah, I see exactly the same thing when people are trying to make habit changes with time, because you're so used to doing something a certain way. And obviously, you've developed this strategy because it works for you in some way like yes maybe eating the tim tams makes you feel good and so your body's like tick we're going to continue with that strategy because that quote unquote works for us and so if you're constantly doing things that are just kind of a habit then you're just going to be achieving the same results you've always got so becoming aware of those strategies is so interesting when you just become aware of your own thoughts in the process and kind of I have to actually consciously tell myself to stop (laughs) and then just, like, I just observe my own thoughts. Like, how did I get here? What's happening? This wasn't my plan for today. What's caused this to happen? And sometimes those thoughts were really helpful when you were 12 or 15 or 20 and were helpful. But now trying to make my parents happy isn't the most important thing in my life. So, you know, to use the example of answering my mum's call, You know, I see her name and I think, oh, I have to answer it. But I don't have to do anything. And when I when I'm aware of my language of like I have to answer that, I can think, hmm, what's going on here? Why do I think I have to answer that? Oh, okay, this was a thought that was really helpful to me a long time ago, but isn't really serving me anymore. And I'd like to redirect that pathway now so that when I see that, I'm just going to be conscious of making the right decision in this moment. So is answering the phone the most important thing now or not and just rewriting the process sometimes I think of it like a train track your brain recognizes this situation this is what we've always done here's the track go down here and what you're doing when you become conscious is sort of making a fork in the train track and deciding next time we see this situation we're going this way and the more you repeat that you can actually change the pathway in your brain so that you get the story you want instead of the story that you always were using previously
0: absolutely that is total gold michelle thank you i think that you'll find our listeners will totally resonate with that because you used one of my favorite words which is helpful versus unhelpful because you know again for a lot of diet culture, we've been told good or bad, naughty, all sorts of words. And really, at the end of the day, it's just helpful and unhelpful. And sometimes we all do unhelpful things. It doesn't make us bad people. It's just an old story that no longer serves us.
1: Yeah, even as a mindset coach, sometimes I have this real pressure on myself like, oh, you're supposed to have really elevated thinking. You should never have unhelpful thoughts. But you know, part of the journey is just being kind to yourself and just being aware That's like 90% of the journey that you realized you had that thought, the old you would never have even noticed that happening. So having that awareness, now you can make a change. Or even if you just, some of the first steps in this process, you would just be aware of something happening, almost like you're observing it as like when you're in a dream and you can see yourself, you're just seeing something happening and it ends. And then later you might reflect and think, "Huh, why did I do that? And then maybe next time you can start thinking differently, but that pressure of having to mm. be positive or think in the right way, or you know, not have that thought, that pressure probably won't help you. You just need to be sort of relaxed and like curious about your own thoughts. Like, oh, huh, where did that come from? That's so interesting that I would have this bad moment at work and now want to reach for those Tim Tams. Like, why is that happening? How often do I do this? And then you can unpack it and maybe you do something about it after you've seen it a few times yeah in your little seat up in the corner watching yourself, and then you can change something, whereas, yeah, I think it could be really destructive to put a lot of pressure on yourself and you know be hating yourself about or you shouldn't have thought that or you shouldn't have that story because that won't change the story either. that'll just make you feel bad,
0: ah, absolutely, and you know we know that we can be our own worst enemy, our own worst critic, and you know, it's common. Lots of people do that. They, you know, berate themselves, speed up on themselves for all sorts of things, whether it's choosing food that's not helpful, whether it's having thoughts that are unhelpful, so much shame and guilt around our, you know, our brain, our behaviour actions that is, that actually, I understand why we do it, but it, at the end of the day, it, it doesn't help us either. So letting, giving yourself the grace to let go of some of that is really the key as well. Okay, so we've done the time audit, we're making some intentions. Are we writing these down that we're putting them in either our electric calendar or if we've got an old-fashioned diary? What about, sorry, here's another question without notice. What about when you see like, you know, you've got your thing that you've said you're going to do and then your other brain goes, oh no, do it later. (laughs) So the thing might be, um, you know, fold the washing or it might be it might even be something nice go for a walk take yourself out for coffee and then your brain goes oh, no! I don't want to do that I, I, I want to do something else
1: yeah I think on the one hand I've spoken a bit about preparing for that situation so
0: mm-hmm.
1: when you you know yourself well you know that these sorts of things are going to happen I know that I will probably never feel like folding the washing <laughs> <laughs> um, so Being aware of it, I can come up with my plan beforehand of how I'm going to respond when that comes up. So that's one thing that we've already talked about, that you can have your strategy planned out in advance. The second thing would be to realise or to investigate why you're having that thought. What's the resistance? Why don't you want to do the washing? And then the third thing is to think about how do I get myself to do things I don't want to do? Um, (laughs) I can, everyone's probably leaning forward now. Great. How do I do the things I don't want to do? (laughs) One of the things that I really like to do is to create rewards for myself at the end of doing things that I don't want to do. So, okay, maybe I don't want to do the washing, but I do really want to watch this show on Netflix later. And so I kind of create these little accountability loops where I'm like, if you fold the washing, then you can watch the show. But if you don't fold the washing, you can't. And Obviously, we're going to be kind to ourselves, but I think it's great to use those things to your advantage. So you know you like these things, but you don't like those. You can pair them together to encourage you to do the things that you don't want to do. If it's something like a bit bigger than that, like maybe maybe you're trying to start something that's really scary that you haven't done before. Like maybe you're going to go to a networking event and you've never done that before, for example, or you're going to go to a school PNC meeting and you've never been and you're worried about it. My favourite question in these situations is, what is the worst that will happen? And it can be so powerful because straight away, you will realise that you probably won't die when you go to the PNC meeting. <laughs> you probably won't die when you go to the networking event. And that straight away just takes up all this tension out of the situation. And rather than catastrophizing and think about mm. all of the things that could happen and you know, get stuck in this overwhelm of there are so many things I can't possibly get past so I can't start, you can really just focus on, okay, the absolute worst that would happen is that no one talks to me and that's it. Yeah. (laughs) I will stand in the corner and drink my water and I'll learn something and maybe I'll learn what not to do next time or, you know, you might just learn something from watching something that's going on. So what's the worst that could happen? And, you know, what could I get even if that's the case? Like how could it be good even if the worst happened? And then it really just lets you off the hook. You can, again, go back to that sort of curious place like, oh, I wonder what will happen when I go to the meeting. Or, yeah, just being a bit creative with yourself and thinking about like what are the possibilities. And the other thing about overwhelm, which this comes up a lot in business as well, is like when you're overwhelmed about all the things, It's very hard to move and something that can really help is just to think about what am I actually worried about? It might be what will people think of me or what if it doesn't work or, you know, what if I'm embarrassed or what if I fall over? (laughs) Yeah. And then just thinking again about the answers to those questions and is it that bad? Are you worried about all of these future things that you probably have no control over? And what do you have control over in this situation? So if you're feeling really overwhelmed about going to the networking event because of all of these things that you've come up with that are a problem about going, just focus on what's one good thing about going and focus on that. Because I think Tony Robbins says, where attention goes, focus flows. And Mm. if you're just concentrating on all the things that are too hard and all the things that are a problem, your brain will just stay in that space and focus on the problems if you think about what could be the good outcomes of this situation, what could be the good outcome of doing the washing now? It will be done. I won't have to do it later. I'll have this sense, mini sense of achievement. A little dopamine hit? See them all folded? You know, yes. that could be enough to get you into action.
0: And I love that idea that you just said of where your attention goes, your focus flows. And I often think about the idea of when when I used to ride a bike If there was a pothole, I'd be looking at it to make sure I didn't hit it, and nine times out of ten I'd hit it. (laughs) I'm thinking, oh, my God, and I realised just because I was looking at it. If I just looked past it or beyond it, I didn't hit it. And I think the other thing you mentioned is that the overwhelm comes because you think of all the things and you think you have to be doing all of them perfectly. And certainly for health, people go, well, you know, there's this all or nothing Mindset that we have. You're either doing it all perfectly, you're doing all the eating from scratch, you're walking, you're meditating, you're getting eight hours of sleep. And if you can't do all of that, then there's no point doing any of it. Mm.
1: Yeah, I think that keeps a lot of people stuck. One of my little mottos for myself is progress over perfection. Yes. And I always just come back to that. If I feel like resistant that I don't have all of the information to make the decision or I don't know exactly how it's going to go before I've decided. I just think about doing something is still better than doing nothing. I'll be much happier in five minutes if I've done, you know, one small thing towards my goal, even if the huge big picture version, maybe it's a very, very small step, but it's still one step. And future me will really appreciate me having taken this one step because otherwise I'll just be exactly where I
0: am now. Exactly. And that really helps. Totally. Totally. That is, I love that. I love that. So, with your business, tell me how do you how do you help people? What do you actually do?
1: So, um, I love to help women in business mainly. I help them to get control of their time mm-hmm. by conducting online coaching courses and also through one-on-one mentoring and coaching. So, yeah, I find both of those really rewarding, being able to see people make a change in their life, whether it's in the group program or one-on-one being able to have that awareness and within, you know, six or eight weeks totally changing their mindset around their time and having that feeling of being in control, it's just so nice for me to see that for other people.
0: So interesting, Michelle, because, again, as you're talking, I'm thinking, ah, Mary and I need to do this because both of us, time is our, it's just something that sort of slips through our hands and, you know, as, as intention. Well, you know, again, little story in my head, my story goes, I try to run on time. I try to be efficient. I'm actually not. Like I, I pretend I am, but I'm not really. I don't have a lot of intention. I wake up in the morning and think, oh, what am I going to do today? I haven't even thought about it half the time. So you're absolutely right. Having somebody to, I guess, again, much like weight loss, you need someone to give you your information, so your education, your content, the strategies, that helping you unpick your resistance and why you perhaps your brain goes I'm not doing that I don't want to do that that's too hard all of those little stories and then someone to keep you accountable
1: yeah it's such a good opportunity for business owners because I think you get so caught up in what you want to achieve and you just get on this like hamster wheel where you're just doing the things that you think you should be doing and trying to go as fast as possible and do all the things and stay up really late at night and if you do that for a while you burn burn out out and realize Mm. Not going to achieve your goal, even though you worked really, really, really hard. So being able to do it in like a smart way up front and strategically think about what's going to work for you, then yeah, you're probably going to achieve a much better outcome, a more successful business, a happier home life, and hopefully happier for you as a person that you are achieving what you want.
0: Absolutely. And I think what I love is that you're you're absolutely right in that it's actually about your mind management. And things like calendars are a tool, but sometimes people think if I get the calendar or I get some app, that's all I need to do and then I'll be able to manage my time, you know, especially if it's got colours, then then I'll be right. Where in fact that's the tool, much like a meal plan, using that tool and understanding why your brain may not want to do the things it says it's going to do is really, that's your genius zone, helping you unpack those resistances and the stories. Thank you for putting it so eloquently. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> do you ever need a marketing manager? I'm fr- no, 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 I'm joking. <laughs> Wonderful. So if people want to find you, where,
1: where do they find you, Michelle? Well, if you're interested in making some changes in your life, you can download my six top time tips, which oh. is at themindsetcorner.com forward slash time tips. And you can follow me on Instagram at themindsetcorner, which is at the underscore mindset underscore corner.
0: Yes. And underscore is that little line at the bottom. I always used to get the underscore and the dash mixed up there. So you can search for me at Michelle Johnson or the mindset corner and and find
1: me. I would love to connect with you and let me know any takeaways that you got from this episode, because I always, it's always interesting to hear what things resonate with different people and um, help me to understand my audience a bit better too.
0: Oh, wonderful. And you've got a podcast. Don't forget that. What's that called?
1: Oh, yeah, the Mindset Corner. So you can follow along with my episodes weekly and uh, you might find some familiar guests on there soon. Excellent.
0: And we will put all the all the links to those in the show notes too, peeps. So if you are looking and you can't quite remember, just go to the show notes and you'll find it all there and you'll be able to find the show notes either at the bottom of this podcast on your device you're listening to or at our website, uh, which is rlmedicine.com. Michelle, it has been delightful. You are a wealth of information and I'm sure your clients must benefit enormously. And thank you very much for your time and uh, we will be catching up soon. Thank you. All right, lovelies, that's it for another week. I will see you all again next week. No, I won't see you. I will. In fact, I won't even listen to you. You'll be listening to me. But uh, have a wonderful, wonderful week. Take care. Bye for now. So, my lovely listeners, that ends this episode of Real Health and Weight Loss. I'm Dr. Lucy Burns. And I'm Dr. Mary Barson. We're from Real Life Medicine. To contact us, please visit rlmedicine.com. And until next time, thanks Thanks for for listening. listening. The information shared on the Real Health and Weight Loss podcast, including show notes and links, provides general information only it is not a substitute nor is it intended to provide individualized medical advice diagnosis or treatment nor can it be construed as such please consult your doctor for any medical concerns